Blog Talk Radio. Uh, we had a song out. It's spring again. 
It's Springer. That's my jam right there. Springer jam. Man, that is a jam. People don't know about the old school, but anyway. <laughs> hey, I, I actually ran into Bismarcky a couple of months ago. Uh, a, a new pair of drawers that just came out, and he just happened to yeah. be in said hood mall here in the D.C. area getting some sneakers oh, himself. Wow. Highly tired and highly grumpy. And I'm not going to say what else he was doing, but, you know, I rolled up on him. I was like, yo, Biz. I was a little shocked to see Biz Marquis at 930 in the morning on a Saturday in a hood plaza outside of D.C., but I digress. But, you know, Spring again, that's my jam right there, man. Love that song. Love that song. Spring of Spring. Spring brings a lot of good things. The Springs NBA yes. uh, playoffs, we'll, we'll talk touch on that in a moment. And it brings us the Masters Golf Tournament, the Arguably the premier golf manager yes. of season. Now, I know there was no Tiger Woods. My boy Roy McElroy came up just short. He finished in what was it, tied for seventh. But one thing yes. that showed, but the main story of this this, this massive tournament was one Sergio, what's that called? Sergio Garcia. He finally <laughs> cashed one in after up ten thousand golf tournament majors. He finally cashed one in. Now, mind you, I'm not a big Sergio fan. I think he's a prick. I, I sure had, <laughs> haven't forgiven him for what he said about Tiger Woods, about serving him, quote, fried chicken the next time he sees him in Spain or, or, or whatever. But I yeah. will say this. I'll tell you this. He may not get, get that back from me, but I'll say this. He's turning to a more cooler guy, and I'll tell you why. First of all, he... You know, he, like he catches his first major, yes, but also he's getting married to a lady who, who's from the Golf Channel, who also mm-hmm. went to the University of Texas, whose father also played there, and whose cousin is Drew Brees. So while my ah. he Sergio Garcia is turned to an American, a rabbit, mind you, American football fan. He loves the University of Texas because it's where his wife is from. Mm-hmm. He loves some college football, which I can actually dig that. He loves the NFL, which I really could dig. He owns, and this is how, this, 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 this is how rich he is. He owns his own soccer club in Spain. I could definitely hmm. get with that. Yeah. However, I can't get with his favorite team of the NFL. And I don't think I need to explain any further who that team is based on what I told no. you about his wife. Well, I mean, yes, yeah. she's from Texas. She went to Texas. Yeah, we can we only guess what, what the team is. But I will say this. I find it funny that you bring all of that up uh, when you're talking about uh, his Masters win, because that's the same thing we kind of discussed uh, last night on, on Sleazy Sports, was that, you know, yeah. maybe it's, the, it's just the, the possibility that the love of an American woman and the things that come along with this, being, of course, that, that and Lou are both married, I, and, and you and yourself, I said, you know, maybe you guys know a little bit more about that than I do. I said, well, I guess that's why I'm such a loser, is because I don't yeah. have sex love from an American woman. But you know, I guess when that day comes, maybe it all yeah. come around full circle for me. But um, yeah, I just find it interesting <laughs> that um, you're right. I, I'm guessing all of that, as well as as the, the time it took for him to finally win a master all kind of calmed mm-hmm. him down. Remember, he yeah. was supposed to have been the next best thing 
while, while Tiger right. was starting to decline, Sergio was on the rise, and he was the next young big thing. And that's all you heard, Sergio, Sergio. He was probably getting a little cocky feeling himself. And then you turn mm-hmm. around, he's not winning any majors. Time goes by, woman gets on the side, you know, he calms him down, and you know, you got a master. Dude, I, you know, the thing is, is Sergio, aside from this, this like a Tiger Woods and vice versa, by the way, he's not the most likable cat on tour. Yeah. This, this this guy Harrison, who uh, early like uh, early in the week, just called this flower called Sergio Garcia a sore loser. He cannot mm. stand. He can't stand his ass. And then the thing is, is that I mean, he's not the only one. But you know, I felt bad for Justin Rose because Justin Rose had that tournament. He had a tournament. Yeah. He unfortunately had a bad case of the yips going down the stretch, and that's what led to that uh, that uh, that that uh, tie that Garcia um, hit a, hit an amazing shot, some a series of amazing shots to actually force the playoff, and then he just cashed it home from there. But I would say this: the Sergio of the past would have yipped all over himself. The Sergio mm-hmm. of, of the past would have come apart just like just like toilet paper. I mean, the thing is, is that we've seen this app before. Remember when he was supposed to be, like like you said, the next best thing at the Tiger Woods? Um, remember when they faced off, I think, was at the U.S. Open? And what, like, uh, like when, uh, when, when Garcia hit that amazing shot from the trees and just ran out onto the fairway and skipped, you know, just totally <laughs> feeling himself. I mean, it's all over YouTube, but he was totally feeling himself. He made a couple of great shots to try to stare down Tiger. And all of a sudden, Tiger just turned the door and Garcia just came apart. He, he, he started missing shots. He, you know that one hole, I think it was in San Diego, where it's like it's like an island. You got to put it okay. on the green. He just was missing that shit left and right. And, oh. you know, it, it, and it just spiraled from there. I mean, that was several years ago, and you know while Tiger was in the midst of his prime, and mm. he just ever since then, I mean before this Masters tournament, he was coming up short time at the time at the time at the time at the time, and now you know I mean part of me, even though again I'm not a big fan of Sergio Garcia, but I respect him a lot more than he's a big football fan, but nevertheless, I you know I I, I you know I kind of like the fact that he finally broke through. It's kind of like when the you know, hated Red Sox broke through finally and broke the curse in, I think it was 2004. Yeah, you know, after we, of course, my Yankees choked away their 3 nothing series lead, but I won't go there anymore. I already had enough counseling, so I'll move on. But the, you know, <laughs> the point is, is that even as much as I hate the Red Sox, it was a cool moment to see them break that curse. Same thing with the uh, with the Cubs last season. You know, yeah. they finally broke through after 108 years of misery, curses, billy goats, all that crap. They broke through in amazing fashion, coming from behind in the series to beat Cleveland. Um, and now they're now they're the darlings as well. I mean, feels good to see someone finally break through. And so mm-hmm. again, I'm gonna say this for the umpteenth thousand times. I'm not a fan of Sergio's, 
But I think it was a cool moment to see him finally relax, finally enjoy the moment, and finally was able to uh, take home a major tournament title. And, you know, props to him. Congrats to him. Yeah. But, of course, the, yeah. the question is, what's next for Sergio? Yeah. Now, that announcement right. is taking him 74 majors to, to, to win one and mm. is one of the oldest people to win a major. Everyone's right. going to ask what's next. Will, 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 this, will this continue to, to drive him for the rest of, of this year? You know, will yeah. it be a while before he wins another major? Will it be a while before he wins another tournament? We'll have to watch and see. Yep. Right. And so it's kind of like, you know, the, you know, the Phil Mixon thing. You know, when Phil finally broke through mm-hmm. and won his tournament and won that first major, it was actually, incidentally, the, you know, the master. You know, yeah. he went on to win a few more majors. He won the Masters, I think, twice. And, you know, he I think he finished with five majors, five or six majors, tied two titles. Not the 14 that Tiger has, obviously, but still. The fact that he booked through and had a, you know, and, and, and kind of kept things going, I think that Sergio is going to just slow down a bit, and he's going to do his thing. So what is it to see about that? So on from golf, Shift gears to go to the NBA playoffs. I know the playoffs will start to like Saturday, and I, yeah. you know, in, in, in that tonight is the last season, the last night of the regular season, rather. Is there a reason? I mean, remember when I was saying we were both saying like before the season started that this is going to be like whole hum. It's like we yeah. already know who's going to be in the finals. Pretty like, like, like pretty much going to be one of three teams. Mm-hmm. Um, no, I'm not. And no, I'm not giving Houston the shot. Great team, great season, but they don't have a shot. I mean, let's let's be honest. It's going to no. be out of Cleveland, Golden State, and maybe San Antonio. Yeah. One of those three teams is going to be in the finals. So I say all that to ask you this. Is there a reason why, outside of the NBA finals, outside of the Western Conference finals, is there a reason why we should really give a damn about what happens in the NBA playoffs? <laughs> I mean, again, because we all know it's going to play out. We all know how it's going to play out. I mean, we, I know Boston's having a great year, but we all know that Boston's not beating Cleveland. We know Toronto's not beating Cleveland. You know, and, 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 you know, and as well as your wonderful Wizards are doing this year, great season yeah. by the Wizards, by the way, outstanding season, we know good and damn well they're not going to beat the Cavaliers in the seven-game series. So basically it comes down to Cleveland versus Golden State or San Antonio in the NBA Finals, which means that the Western Conference Finals would be of good interest because, to me, whoever wins that series between Golden State and San Antonio, likely, will probably win the whole thing. So, yeah. again, tell me why this dude right here and many other fans out there should give a damn about the NBA playoffs outside of the conference, Western Conference Finals and the NBA Finals. Or do you have a problem trying to find any reason to be interested in the NBA playoffs before then? Well, I don't want this to be wizard heavy, but uh-huh. the, the first couple of things will be. And, and, and this is why. First and foremost, you got to remember, I was on this show a little yeah. disappointed in the, in the pickup of, of uh, Scott Brooks because I thought mm-hmm. that uh, Thibodeau was the guy. As a matter of fact, right, no one's too. talking about this. 
even in area in DC area sports talk radio, no one has been talking about the fact that no one wanted to stop uh, Brooks, and no one thought that he would be the guy to potentially turn this team around and for them to to play as well as they're playing this season. Even after starting two nights, everyone thought that this season would be a disaster. Now this team, yeah. I don't know what the score is as of right now, but they're currently one win away from having their fifth, 50th win season, which is mm-hmm. remarkable. And the fact that I right. had to drudge through a lot of those bad seasons, thank you, Wes Unsell, and, 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 and see this team go through what they've had to go through, it is mm-hmm. remarkable. And, and matter of fact, it's the best turnaround that any team has had in NBA history in the same, in the same season. Now, right. I say that. Because if you're one of the, the few that believe the Charles Barkley conspiracy theory that the Cleveland Cavaliers are afraid to face the Washington Wizards, you could see that potentially being mm. an interesting matchup in the Eastern Conference Finals. But mm. in order for that to happen, of course, first and foremost, which Cleveland are we going to see? Are we going to see this regular season, this past regular season? Cleveland Cavaliers that struggled and, and drudged their way through February and March and LeBron crying about we need more and the fights and all of this stuff. Will we see that Cleveland team or will we see the normal LeBron James Superman popping out of the booth because it's playoff time and he knows what time it is and it's that time to hit that switch and I do what I do. Yeah. And he's right. one of those few players, and Cleveland is one of those few teams that is capable of doing that and hitting that switch, which is why I'm a little concerned not being a Cavs fan because I'm mm-hmm. like, okay, who are we going to get? Are we going to get that regular season team, Cavs? Because if we do, Toronto might be a problem for them, you know, especially with the addition of Serge Ibaka. Boston yeah. might be a problem for them. The Wizards might be a problem for them. Even with the Wizards splitting the the regular season games with Cleveland this year, and one of those wins for Cleveland, which happened in D.C., coming in overtime with a a very lucky trick shot from LeBron James, fading out of bounds. But I I, I saw that going in once the ball touched his hands. I knew he was going to do a fadeaway and hit that three and send that game into overtime. But it's still a game that Washington could have won in overtime. Right. So that's what, right. one of the things we need to watch for. Which, you know, which Cleveland team are we going to see? Also in the West, right. I know you want to count out Houston, as do I. But, um, you know, can, can can that Houston team, that, that series is going to be interesting. Uh, James Harden and that Houston team against the one-man band of Russell Westbrook and the Oklahoma City Thunder. Now, right. I, I know that Houston's right. going to end up winning that series. It's going to be interesting to see if Russell Westbrook will be able to, to carry that that team on his back for at least one series. I just want to see how that pans out because, yeah. I mean, I understand they always say that playoffs have no bearing on what happens with regular season um, awards. But if he's capable of winning a couple of games and doing it solely on his back, you might as well just go ahead and give them the award. But I'm with you. I, I strongly believe it's going to be Golden State and San Antonio in the Western Conference Finals. 
But yep. what San Antonio team are we going to see? So that's that's the other thing too. Once mm-hmm. we get there, but especially the way that Golden State has looked. Now, mind you, these teams have split in the regular season as well. So I'm hoping for a fantastic seven game Western Conference series, but we'll have to wait and see. Well, I'll say this. I'll say this. I totally then I totally forgot about Houston and, and, and OKC facing off in round one. That's mm-hmm. going to be entertaining as hell. I mean, because you have based officially two of the leading contenders for MB, league MVP going at it. James Harden for Houston. Of course, Russell Westbrook for OKC. Both of whom happen to be good friends, by the way. Um, yeah, which was like like which, which makes this even more interesting. I'm I'm just saying I, I'm I, I know what the finale of everything is going to be, <laughs> but, I, but but actually speaking of of your Wizards, I would love to see, given how these two teams hate each other, and I think you know where I'm going. I would mm-hmm. love to see Washington and Boston in round two. Yes. Those teams hate each other. It is hilariously yes. cool to witness. I mean, was that Washington who wore all black when Boston it came? <laughs> it was the funeral game. Yeah, the funeral game, yes. Yeah, yeah. And then Isaiah Thomas for, for Boston thought it was, quote, cute. That, I, I yeah. want to see that matchup. I really want to see that matchup. Because, I mean, it's one thing. Sure, they made nice the last time they played in the regular season, blah, blah, blah. But this is the playoffs, man. We all know mm-hmm. the playoffs is a hell of a lot more intense. And see, like, NBA series, playoff series and seasons past, I want to see it. I would yes. love to see that series. Even though I know both of them won't, won't beat Cleveland in, in the conference finals, these conference finals, I just want to see how this, that series, just because I want to see two teams that hate each other who are on the rise, who should be two teams to really watch for next season. I just want to mm-hmm. see them duke it out. I really want to see them duke it out, especially if everything holds. You know, Boston's barely winning over um, Milwaukee right now. Cleveland's getting hammered right now by Toronto. And I know your Wizards are trying to shoot for 50 wins. They're locked in the fourth season no matter what. But mm-hmm. the thing is that the rest of the stars tonight, and it's yeah. because mine is winning by 10. But, oh, know, wow. okay. nevertheless, nevertheless, that means that both teams, that, that Washington and Washington be rested up for the playoffs. And I want to see that round two matchup. I really want to see that matchup. But the I thing really is this, though, Scott, I, mean, I want to see it as well. Not just as a Wizards fan, but as a basketball fan, being that we rarely hear about players let alone teams not liking each other. Now, you know, this article yeah. just came out talking about how LeBron, uh, Russell Westbrook, and um, who's the third guy? And Chris Paul don't like mm-hmm. Steph Curry, which will be That's interesting. Right. Um, especially yeah. for for, uh, for Paul, even though I don't think that the Cleveland, not that Cleveland, I don't think that the Clippers are going to get past Utah in the first round. That's just me and my prediction. Mm-hmm. We came into the season thinking that it's going to be basically a cakewalk for both Cleveland and Golden State to make it to the finals. I don't think it's going to be as easy as we thought it would originally be now, especially with the moves 
that that certain teams have made, i.e. Toronto, and and yeah. and, and, uh, and 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 Boston, and the improvement, the unforeseen improvement from Washington, and also the way that uh, Houston is playing right now, and the way that Utah is playing right now, I'm, yeah. I'm kind of intrigued by that matchup of of, of a, a young Utah versus uh, Golden State. Now I know Golden State's walking away with that series. But I just want to yeah. see how this young team plays because when they're on point, my God, that Hayward dude, Gordon Hayward is ridiculous. He's nice. And he is nice. And I've seen him nice. take down my Wizards a couple of times this season, horribly. And I know that go, I know that the Wizards aren't Golden State, but mm-hmm. if that team can play that well against D State, it may make that that series a little bit more interesting. I'll tell you what, I really like Utah. I never thought I'd hear myself saying that, like from the Carl Malone, John Stockton years. But yeah, I really like that team. I mean, it's a team that is, is below everyone's radar. Okay, mm-hmm. they're like, I guess what they're in the five spot right now. They might be in the five teams. spot. It, it depends if they win tonight, they move up to the four spot and get home court advantage against the Clippers. Oh yeah, yeah. So there you go. And I, I, you know, I think that uh, Quinn Snyder's done a hell of a job. I mean, he was mm-hmm. much maligned from the days coaching at Missouri, uh, but he's he's done a hell of a job on this level coaching the Jazz. I mean, and speaking of Haywood, I remember that cat at Butler. You know, he almost will Butler to the national title. Uh, you know, against Duke, and yeah. I remember the Hornets tried. Desperately tried to sign him that one off season, few off seasons, I think two off seasons ago, yes. uh, uh-huh. maybe three. You know, and uh, the thing is, is that that cat is smooth, smooth. I mean, he he's a matchup nightmare. He should be fun to watch in the playoffs as well. So I'm really looking forward to seeing them as well. And I think the rest of the fans will be will be looking forward to seeing the Utah Jazz and Golden Haywood go at it. You know. Do that thing, you know, as well. Again, I never said any series would be, would not be entertaining in their own way. <laughs> I'm just saying we know the finality. <laughs> oh yeah, we know, we we know. But the we thing is, and that's the other thing too, Scott. I almost forgot the one thing that I really wanted to say. We could always yeah. have a Kevin Love situation where there could be an injury to someone on Cleveland or to Golden State. And that's something that we need to keep our eye on because, of course, we already know, well, Kevin Durant's already coming back from injury. Steph right. has, has set out recently because of his knee. We, know, we already know that he got knee problems. And Kevin right. Love, the gingerbread man himself, could be a player away from getting hurt. So, God forbid, one of those teams loses one of their big threes. They're really going to open yeah. up the floodgates on who could come out of those conferences, uh, respectively, uh, uh, to make it into the NBA Finals. Because it'll really make it interesting there. Because if one of those guys fall down, if a Kyrie or, or a Kevin Love goes down, or, oh, God forbid, Steph Curry has to sit out a couple of games, it'll really make right. the series really interesting. Yeah, it will. So, you know, I mean, the NBA season, the NBA postseason always gives some fantastic moments, but, Let's just hope that these series lead up to the inevitable <laughs> in the finals. <laughs> Let's just hope that they're as entertaining as we think that they are. So 
we're going to close here on talking about one Des Bryant. I mean, I think we all know what he says, but basically, look, I wrote a rant earlier today on my sports blog. I just published this morning. And mm-hmm. Basically, I mean, look, there are times we love for professional athletes to speak up, right? I mean, yeah. you know, remember when we made fun of Tiger Woods and Michael Jordan for saying next to nothing yeah. <laughs> on, on issues, particularly when they were in the past, you know, Remember Jordan had an infamous quote, Republicans buy shoes too, um, mm-hmm. buy sneakers too. But, look, I read Des Bryant's IG. I, you know, I'm not going to rehash everything because he did, like, what, five screenshots worth? But basically, you know, he basically wanted to share his thoughts about white Americans and black Americans and as, in terms of race relations, you know, Quarter Charles Barkley of all people. I love Charles Barkley, but not necessarily here. When he said, "We as black people, we're never going to be successful, not because of you white people, but because of other black people." I understand where the brother's coming from. He talked a lot about personal accountability. I mean, hell, who doesn't believe in personal accountability, right? I just think that this brother. While trying to be insightful, and I appreciate him growing up with this because he's, he's seeing things, he's stepping back from himself, and he's just trying to process everything in his own way and through his own point of view. So I'm not mm-hmm. trying here to square him. I'm not going here to clown him. I mean, I'm actually proud of him for, 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 for attempting to do such a thing, tackle such a complex issue as race. I'm just saying when he solely puts the blame on black Americans, fellow, fellow black Americans, I think it's a little off the mark. And here's yeah. why. First of all, I mean, you know, for, you know, do I think that race relations are light years ahead of where our grandparents were and parents were kids? Absolutely. I think we'll be stupid and fly out this honest to say that things aren't a lot better, right? And, mm-hmm. you know, the thing is also, I mean, we, could we live anywhere else in the world? No. I would rather live in the United States of America, the greatest country in the world. I'm just telling I'm just saying to Des Bryant, Richard Sherman, Jason Whitlock, Sage Steele, Stephen A. Smith, and a whole host of other folks who tend to, to point the finger, and Charles Barkley, to point the finger at our own people. I think it's totally missing the mark. I mean, mm-hmm. I, mean, be, I, mean be, I mean, because there's so many obstacles we had to overcome, whether it be from systemic racism, institutionalized racism, redlining, failed mm-hmm. reconstruction, all those things we're seeing now. I mean, it's just, it's, 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 it's just generations, years and years and generations and generations, all this stuff that was perpetuated. Obviously, not by none of us, and by none, but by, by no white America who's alive today. I mean, this is stuff that was invented a long time ago, yeah. and both sides are feeling the after effects of it to this day, and other groups. To be honest with you, so I just think that I mean, we could be accountable, yes, but you can be accountable as you want. You have a certain segment of the population still look at us as black men. Who still exactly. look at Des Bryant as a black man? They may mm-hmm. applaud Des Bryant on Sundays, but they're not applauding what he is. They're applauding what he does. 
for his exactly. Team. You know, and for and for Dez, I mean, I'll give you is you the floor in a second. You know, I, I promise you, but I mean, it's just a thing that brothers and sisters who are part of one percent, they seem to be little out of touch to the reality that's going on here. Country again from that 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 comes from years and years and years of what I mentioned earlier, um, and I think it's too bad. I mean, again, I understand him talk about personal accountability. Nothing wrong with being personally accountable. I'm just saying it's not as easy as that to point the finger at other black folks, many of whom are trying to get to where they are, trying exactly. to get their piece of pie. I mean, no one wants to live in squalor, but anyway, I got more to add, but I'll let you chime in with your two, three, or four cents. All right, and I'm going to keep it at that. And I don't want to reiterate what you just said, but I will yeah, say sure. these two things. First and foremost, there were some points in, in some of those, you know, messages on Instagram that I did agree with, but not for the okay. reasons but not for the reasons that, that Dance was coming from. One of the ones that, that stood out to me or seems to stand out to me is – the fact of making movies or TV shows about slavery. Well, first and foremost, there's, you can't tell people how to grieve. That's first and foremost. Yeah. But from a standpoint of making, a, a, because no one tells Jews to stop making movies or writing books about the Holocaust. No one tells the Japanese to Thank stop. You. You know, making movies and, and and writing books about what happened to them, you know, in, in World War Two. Internment camps. Exactly. So no one yeah. tells anyone else to really stop, you know, rehashing what has happened to them negatively throughout the, their race's history. My right. beef on that, though, is that it seems as if. That's all African-American history is. There's so much more to black history and stories that yeah. can't be told that have never been told, fantastic stories that have never been told. And I wish that those stories can be told a lot more mm-hmm. than the rehashing of slavery. From that aspect, right. that's one of the things I kind of agree with where I'm like, okay, Des, I get your point there. But the way that you're mm-hmm. saying it, you're saying it in a way that you're telling people to get past it. And once again, you can't tell people how to grieve. That's not how that works, Chief. Secondly, right. Right. you don't want to crown dance, but I will. You're talking about okay. personal accountability. <laughs> this is the yeah. same Bama that stole almost a million dollars worth of jewelry but was capable of getting by on a cash-out settlement of about $500,000. Where was the personal accountability there, Bama? Secondly, same Bama, just this past, well, or this past spring of 2016, getting sued by a senator in the state of Texas for renting his house and running a muck in said house. Once again, Bama, where was the accountability there? And I guarantee you, they're not looking at you as Dallas Cowboy. Well, they are looking at you, Dallas Cowboy, Dez Bryant, but they're also looking at you as black man running amok in this house that you rented. 
stop it with the coming up and pulling yourself up from the bootstraps. I get it. You lived in eight homes while your mom was being locked up. I'm not going to come at you for that. But understand, everyone does not have the physical attributes that you have. Everyone's not 6'4", 220 pounds, run very fast, jump very high, and can catch a football. Everyone's not blessed to have that. And I ask that you please take personal accountability, especially with your finances, because we already know that professional athletes, especially the ones that have a a minor track record like yours that have been a little frivolous with money here and there, may not have that money when your career is done. So Mm. have that personal accountability with self first. Secondly, do I disagree that there are African-Americans that do squabble amongst one another and hold us back? I agree, but that's not the sole problem. Just like you said, there is systemic racism that does exist, and there are a lot of things that have happened to us that, are, that have been outside of our control that has been holding us back as a race that's limiting us from things that we could do. And how about you go ahead and help those that can't do those things, Des? You're in that 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 that, 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 that place where people will listen to you. You had the floor. You know what I'm saying? You, these things are on your heart. Instead of criticizing everybody, why don't you take this platform that you have as being an all-pro NFL player and go out and help these people who are underprivileged, who are just like you, Des? Just like you, you know, who had to come up in these, in these, you know, God-forsaken situations and, and have to struggle, and unfortunately can't run a route. You know what I'm saying? There's a five-five dude who, who who can't play in the NFL, but he's smart. But unfortunately, he doesn't have the opportunity to do certain things. That so helps them dudes out. Please. Well said, brother. Well said. And I add this. I mean, there's a lot of stuff I was, I was thinking about when you went into your uh, eloquent rant, if you will, on, on this matter. Um, uh. So the thing is, is again, we said it earlier, but Des Bryant is like part of 1%. Yeah. He is pretty much, he, he lives in the bubble. I mean, a lot of the stuff that affect the common black American doesn't really affect him. Doesn't really affect Charles Barkley. Doesn't really affect Richard Sherman. Doesn't really affect Jason Whitlock. Doesn't really affect Sage Steele. Okay? Mm-hmm. So they're obviously oblivious to all that crap. I'll say this. And I'll be, and this is like pretty much put myself on the spot. I was one that, you know, I made it. Okay? My brother made it. Granted, we didn't mm-hmm. go to the squalor. I'm just saying in terms of beating the odds of black men in this country, we made it. We're both college educated, went to HBCUs, um, have degrees, got good jobs. You know, my wife comes from a middle, I mean, I'm sorry, an upper middle class black family here in Cincinnati. You know, several of my good college friends, some of my, some of my, a lot of my best friends and fraternity brothers, we've quote unquote made it. So, mm-hmm. And I was one of those guys, and I'm going to bring the spotlight back to me for a moment. I was one of those guys who felt a lot like that. I made it. I beat the odds. Why can't you? 
You know, why can't these guys on the streets do that? Why can't you put, apply stuff like I apply myself? Why can't you go to college, graduate high school, go to college, and, instead of hanging on the street? Why can't you? And it's something that I still, I'll be real with you, I still struggle with to this day. I'm, I've been seeing the light. As I've gotten older and more mature, I've seen the, I see, see, started seeing more things what they are. I mean, cause, but because I'm the ultimate pragmatist. I mean, it is what it is. Things are what they are. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's such a thing as a cause and an and, and effect. Okay? The cause being, as I mentioned earlier, the failed reconstruction, redlining, you know, like preventing blacks from having better housing in certain mm-hmm. areas of the country. Um, what, what a systematic and institutionalized racism that still exists to this very day. Uh, law mm-hmm. enforcement, police brutality. I mean, mm-hmm. it, it, I mean, the thing is, everything has an effect. Even, even all, even though all that started several years ago, several like generations ago, you still see the after effects. So yes, and you brought this up, and I thought you made a great point in saying this. And I and I would I would advise other black well-to-do black Americans to do the same thing. Instead of saying, "I admit it," why can't you? Why not offer that person a hand? Why mm-hmm. not at least point them in the right direction? All those folks, I guarantee you, most of those folks who are working, quote unquote working class or poor, they don't want to be poor. They don't exactly. want to be working class. They want to be where we're at, if not further than where we're yeah. at. A lot of those people have ambitions, but they mm-hmm. were brought up in such bad circumstances because of what well, I just mentioned. <laughs> I mean, it's hard <laughs> to have hope. It's, it's hard to have hope when you have all this stuff that the cost that's against you like that. It's a trip, man. Yeah, it really is, and I'm I'm glad that I didn't grow up that way. Again, we weren't rich, but we weren't poor either. I'm glad we didn't grow up that way. I'm glad and I'm blessed that I didn't have to experience that. I mean, unfortunately, my father grew up poor, so he could tell you a lot about being poor. But, you know, I'm glad that he was able to do what he could to get out of it. And, you know, from that point forward, I see him helping people. Even to this day, he'll go on his way to give people money. If they're on the street, they want to borrow a few dollars. I mean, I've seen my dad pay for people to have meals. Mm-hmm. I mean, because he knows how it's like. I mean, he wasn't ever on the street, but he knows what it's like to be poor, and he wants to help people out instead of just yeah. cascading them, you know, instead of just just escorting them from them being their own condition to where they're at. Why not help them? Exactly. Especially if they want to be helped. That's why I wish that a lot of our fellow brothers and sisters who, quote, unquote, made it will do. Because I guarantee yeah. you this, Jewish people take care of their own. Asians take mm-hmm. care of their own. Yeah. You know, Latinos take care of their own. Why can't we take care of our own? I mean, think about this. Think about this for a minute. Most of most of us do not own Fortune 500 companies. Most of no. us aren't owners, majority owners, rather, of sports franchises or business franchises. Mm-hmm. But I tell you what, a lot more of us are lawyers. Influential politicians, doctors, you name it, and and I bet if you take all of us from fraternities to royalties or whatever walk of life, 
And how and if we and I guarantee if even a fraction of us, a precise fraction of us, reaches back to help people up, our community would be a hell of a lot better, man. I can yeah. feel that. I know this. Yeah, you know this. I do know this. I mean, that's, it's just sad that we don't take care of each other like that. And that's yeah. what really pissed me off about Dez's comment. It's, it's the same that it's, 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 it's kind of like saying, I got mine, why can't you get yours? Exactly. Steve Smith would say on his show, on, on uh, first, first Take and his radio show, I pound the pavement, why can't you? You know, and Jason Whitlock, who we all know what Jason Whitlock is saying, but yeah, you know, but unfortunately, I, I, but I, the I, thing is, is you know, go ahead, man. I know you got something to say. I, I, I want to say this though, because I, I yeah. the, the thing is, I don't, I don't want, and that's what what, what, what a lot of these comments that you're saying right now is, uh, is perpetuating that yeah, all black people who aren't successful aren't successful because. They're not doing any work. Now, are there lazy people out there? Yes, there are of every oh, race. Oh, hell yeah. Yeah. I'm you know what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> you know, and, and, and unfortunately, we've seen some of those people. But yeah. everyone's not in that situation. And they can work as hard as they want to, and still because of whatever situation, whatever it is, whatever circumstance, it's something that's going to hold right. them back. And if they can just yeah. get a, a, a shot. A, a, a crack, an opportunity to prove themselves, then their situation would change. That's all I'm asking. And, and for, mm-hmm. for those that, that are willing to put in the work, because there are more of those than ours that aren't, give right. them more of an opportunity and, and allow right. them to go ahead and push themselves through. Speaking of, God, I don't, matter of fact, I, I really don't want to do this. Matter of fact, Uh-oh. I, but I'm going to do a shorter version of, of the Death Lion. Because this conversation, of course, always leads me back to talking about HBCUs here and, and talking about situations, you know, where, where institutions yeah. uh, uh, of higher learning, where, where, where you have nothing but African-Americans, for the most part, coming through as, as students, working yeah. as hard as they can. And a lot of instances may not get an opportunity to work or get internships to in certain uh, companies because of the institution that they go to. Now, mind you, if you're like myself, attended North Carolina Anti-State University, and right. going someplace else, especially within the design field, was very hard for me. Once they saw my resume and, and saw what school I went to and questioned yeah. what the school was about. They saw my work and was impressed by that. And I thanked them for giving me an opportunity. But in situations where I was outside of the state of North Carolina and they had no idea what A&T was and I had to sit there and explain to them about what the university was, and in some certain instances I had to even go through drumline and explain that, you know, so they could get an understanding of what an HBCU was kind of on their level after going yeah. through – the, the the real explanation of what HBCU was, yeah. It it, 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 it it's just all, all I'm asking. Matter of fact, there's, you're from Texas, where there are several HBCUs. How about you go there and check on them students, the ones that want an opportunity, help them get an opportunity, dude. 
Yeah. Or you, yeah. you can go back to your alma mater. You can go back to Oklahoma State. There's those black students that are there that are outnumbered at, at OK at OSU. Or, or my fault. Or did you not want to think about those students that are attending or, or that went to the uh, 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 the black student unions at OSU? And you want you didn't want to deal with them because you was on the football team, and your track wasn't their track. Mm-hmm. But you know, mm-hmm. like I said, man, this is a conversation that could go on forever and ever. Yeah. I just hated the right. fact that this generalized all African Americans in that whole thing. It was just far off base of what he needed to do. Far off base because that's not how all blacks are. Well. Well said it, and I appreciate you sharing the story about HBCUs. That's a we we both know, and we 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 don't have ten minutes left, but we we both know that that's a hot topic in the black community. HBCU yes. education versus a PWI education, but I mean white institution mm-hmm. education. I've been a part of those debates. I've heard those debates. Out of the way, it's nauseating. <laughs> it is. Uh, because but, you don't hear anyone's asking, are, are yeah. Jesuit schools still necessary? Yeah. Are, are Catholic yeah. schools still necessary? No one asks these questions. But they do with HBCUs, which is insane to me. Uh, but, you know, yeah. it is what it is. I know that yeah. we are in a fight for our lives on a daily basis trying to keep these institutions open. And, and for yeah, someone well, to generalize black people as being lazy and being in the way, uh-huh. it, uh, it, it it just hurts me so, man, especially for a black male that has a platform that can come out and yeah. say better and, uh, and, 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 and can come through and help out those that are, are underprivileged. Right. Well said. And, again, if we, and I'm include myself in this, if we would do a better job of helping our fellow brothers and sisters who don't have, mm-hmm. I mean, who don't have the opportunity to, or don't even have access to resources to help better themselves, because, again, no one likes growing up poor. No one yeah. likes being in poverty. Everyone has hopes and dreams. I mean, let's, I mean, we could do a better job of helping just extend the hand. We don't have to give them anything. Extend the hand, yeah. point them in the right direction. Because living a life devoid of any type of hope is something else, man. And I think that cats like Dez, not only like the cats, Dez, Whitlock, all those guys, but even me and you and other people we went to college with, who mm-hmm. quote unquote made it, could do the same thing. And could, it can really make change. So I implore black black Americans, our fellow black Americans, please do not look down on our own. Help 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 each other out. It's just yeah. in their hands. You could be amazed at how great greatly improved our community would be if that's done. But anyway, we're going on about this all night, brother. We can make this a three or four part show, but. Thank you for joining me, brother. I appreciate man, it. Man, you got me out here like the like Dr. Umar Johnson out here tonight, man. <laughs> <laughs> I know, right? I'm Dr. Eric Dyson. Uh, I'm Dr. Eric Dyson, too. All right, take care, man. <laughs> you too, man. Peace. All right, peace. All right, y'all. Thank you all for joining me. It was a great discussion. If you want to have that discussion with me as well, please hit me up on Facebook, 
Twitter. Um, we'll love to keep this party going and love to keep the discussion going. But anyway, thank y'all very much for tuning in to Scott Brooks' The Clown Hour. Oh, six. Have a good night.